you. God bless you. Turn around. Just wave to, wave to each other. Just acknowledge everyone here in the house. God bless you. It's good to be here. As the children go to their study, you are welcome. Amen. Praise God. Before we have our readings, just going to lift a few prayers up. Um, and I was asked by Gillen to send me a message yesterday. We want to pray for Gillen, the Sammy family, Marilyn, uh, Shirley. We just want to just bow our heads. And any prayer you have, next few moments, just bring them to your mind, remembrance, and just say, Lord, intervene whatever situation they find themselves, that God's hand will be upon them. And I also want to lift up uh, Alan Morgulock's family who lost his son uh, on Christmas. I believe it was Christmas Eve. He passed, passed over at 45 years old. And we're going to pray that God gives them continued strength and hope, looking ahead to when the Lord comes in glory. But praise God, we pray for them now. Let's just bow our heads as we just lift up everyone. And anyone you have, any prayer requests you have, we thank God for their lives. Father, we just commit each of these prayers to you now, Lord. We ask you know the needs, Lord. Your hand is not limited and your hand is not short. You can reach out and touch, bring healing, bring, bring blessing, console, encourage and comfort, Lord. And whatever people are going through, just commit them to your throne now as we give you the praise, the glory, Lord. And we ask as your word will go forth this morning that you will touch people in a special way, body, soul and spirit, Lord. That we leave here knowing that we have an encounter. We have had a divine encounter with you as we give you the preeminence and the glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. We say amen. amen. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. I've got my readers again. Is it Lewis and um, Melissa? Have you come share the word? It's become traditional for us to have yourselves coming up, actually reading the word. And think about the words that you're listening to, not just uh, head knowledge, but just bring it into your hearts. You're going first, yeah? Job 1.13.22 Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were feeding beside them. When the Sabians raided them and took them away, indeed they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, the fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I alone escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels and took them away. Yes, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And suddenly a great wind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house. And it fell on the young people and they are dead. And I alone escaped to tell you. Then Job arose, tore his robe and shaved his head. And he fell to the ground and worshipped. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin, nor charge God with wrong. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Well done. Reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 to 10. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness 
who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Amen. Thank you. You can have your reading. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Wonderfully read. God bless. Praise God. Interesting passage. Sometimes frightening passages that with the patriarchs and people of God often have to overcome and what they have to navigate through to get to where God wants them to be. Praise God. Interesting passage. On Friday I was speaking about I was comparing actually Abraham and Lot. Lot was Abraham's uh, nephew, his brother's son. And I was seeing how they, their, their outlook in life and their commitment to God. And it came a time in Abraham and Lot's life that they had to part ways. And Lot took, looked towards Sodom and desired it because it looked good to the eyes. It was something that he that was appealing and sometimes we look at we we look at through what we perceive through our vision. Sometimes that this is deceptive sometimes, and we need to look beyond the, the 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 surface and look at the depth. What's really really going on in around our lives and in in the world. And so I was just comparing, contrasting because there was a time when God was going to speak to Abraham. And uh, I will encourage you, if you can listen to the message on the archives, listen to it, because it sets a tone, it sets a, uh, a foundation to, for spiritual growth. And I was looking how God encounters Abraham and how he con- connected to, to, to Lot. And interestingly, when the scripture, uh, Genesis chapter 18, begins by saying, in the midday sun, God appeared to Abraham in the, when he was in the tent of his, of his, of his life, at the tent door of his life. And, but with, with Lot, he appears on the evening. It goes, God speaks to him in the evening time. And I was comparing and contrasting, where are we in relation to our spiritual journey? Is it the light? Are we in a place of illumination? Are we still in the place of our ignorance? And in order to actually draw the lesson from today's Bible study or the word from God, is we need to be open spiritually to see beyond the limitations so we can be illuminated, enlightened, what's happening here? Because we will also, if we haven't, we may be going through them or we may go through a challenge in our lives. Last week, we did, well, this week just passed, we had the funeral service of um, Alan Mooklock's son, who's 45, Jamie, who died, passed over 45. How do you deal with that tragedy? How do you deal with life when life serves you, throws you a curveball? What happens when we have things that are out of our control? And this is interesting about the passage we'll read today. Job's minding his business, going about his daily activities and daily chores, and he has this news brought to him. One of these situations is enough to put us into a place of depression and anxiety, and we can be... uh, uh, lose focus. But let's just take this journey, see what, what's happening in the life of Job and see how we can uh, identify with this and how we can use his experience to help us journey through our challenges in our lives. Amen. Would you like to take that journey? And be receptive. Uh, you know, it's not about 
we're not we're not uh, spectators. We're participators with the things of God. Amen. So what ha what's happening in this passage? The title of this message today is "Afflicted, but still worshiping." Afflicted, but still worship. Broken, but still worshiping. Amen. So whatever happens in life, is there a cause or reason to stop worshiping God? So we see. Let's just recount a few of these uh, experiences that Job had, and see how we can deal with our own personal struggles and challenges in our life. We're told in First Job chapter one verse thirteen, it reads as follows: Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing, and the donkeys feeding beside them, when the Sabaeans raided them and took them away. Indeed, they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. So just one adversity, one tragedy takes place, and then there's a list, another three tragedies that, that Job has to deal with. But he concludes by going into verse 20, and we're told this. Then Job arose, tore his clothes, shaved his head, and fell to the ground and worshipped. What would be a reason to stop us worshipping God? There are some things in life we can have control over. There's other things we have no control. Anything objective outside of our lives in relation to other people and other situations and worldly events we have no control over them. We just can stand helpless and be observers in this great drama, world life drama around us, and we can't change it. And oftentimes, we can't sometimes change things about ourselves. So how do we deal with adversity in our lives? And if you live long enough, you realize there will be things in our lives that will be out of our control. In fact, the AA have a prayer that they give to the people participants who subscribe to that program, and it goes, it's, the sincerity, uh, uh, it's called the serenity prayer. And it reads as follows, God grant me the serenity, uh, uh, serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. It's interesting, because uh, when things don't often go our way, we start becoming negative and hopeless and pessimistic. But God teaches us through his word that in spite of what we go through, we need to continually be focused on him. I wish I'm speaking to someone. Because Job is one, a, a long list, directory of people through the scripture who had adversities and challenges to go through and overcome. And yet their faith was still focused on the Lord. Sometimes someone gives you a bad word in a church and you want to stop going to church. You want to stop worshiping God. Sometimes someone doesn't agree with us, and yet that's a cause, a reason why I want to give up. If things are not always going our way, we want to give up. Yeah, we become all negative. But there's a directory uh, 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 through the scripture that shows many people that encountered amazing, insurmountable challenges, and yet they didn't give up. And I want to encourage you to be that character and that category of person this, this morning. Be tenacious, be consistent. Do not give up. Come hell or high water, do not give up. Praise God. One of them is Joseph, who, who can identify with adversity. He went through so much opposition, hatred, negativity, but at no time did he give up his integrity. With, with Job, they took everything material from him, yeah? All his possessions. In fact, he went beyond just his possessions. The enemy attacked his health. 
Yeah. He wasn't materially bankrupt, but he was physically bankrupt. He had ailments and he sat on a rubbish heap and everyone came to give him a reason why he's suffering the way he's suffering. And they got it, they have it wrong because they say you're suffering because somehow you compromise your integrity. In fact, it's the complete opposite. It's because he kept his integrity that he was suffering. Sometimes the good have challenges, not just the bad. I wish I'm speaking to someone. I'm trying to tune into wherever everyone is because you cannot second guess God. God wants to give drop a message into your spirit today. Amen. To encourage you in your journey, in your spiritual journey. Praise God. And so the one thing that the enemy could not take away from Job is his integrity. Yeah? It took all the material things. You might lose your job. You might lose your career. You might lose the people around you. But don't lose yourself. <laughs> don't lose yourself in the challenge, in the problem. In the adverse, don't lose yourself. Keep, that, keep your integrity intact. Because there's one thing that should not be negotiable. Yeah? We keep our values. Don't compromise them. In spite of whatever is around our lives, do not. Because that's what's going to carry you beyond where we are now, here and now. Praise God. Hallelujah. There's someone I mentioned often, um, a chap called um, Franklin, who wrote a book, The Meaning of Life. Victor Franklin, who wrote the book, Meaning of Life. And he said that when he was in the concentration camp, and the reason he wasn't broken, because he knew that wasn't the place that God created him to be in. So whatever you're going in, God's got greater things for you if you will only dare to trust God. In the same way as we can read a string of people, eminent people from the scripture. For example, Moses, he slew the taskmaster in Egypt. He fled. He was a, he was a fugitive. But God still met him in, on the journey of his life. Amen. And he came back and the, a whole nation was changed because of his attitude, because it didn't give up in the face of adversity. And if you don't give up, things can change when you really trust God. Even David himself was a shepherd boy. He was a young shepherd boy. So enlisted him to, to fight his battles for him. And through the sling and stone, he slew Goliath. And not only he slew Goliath, but he did great, amazing feats in serving the purpose of God. But the thing is, when the face of adversity, David does not give up. He goes to the point in, in Psalm 20, 23, verse 4, he says, Ye that walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So whatever we're going through, fear no evil. Why? Because he knew that God was with him at all times. I fear for you are with me. And this is the attitude that, that Job has as well. He knows God. is. In fact, Job chapter 13, verse 15 says this. Amen. Let's just, just go through through the word of God. Though you slay me, yet I will trust him. Though he, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Even so, I will defend my own ways before him. He, he acknowledged the presence of God. In fact, in all the situations, he still trusts God. And this is sometimes we just give up in, in the face of adversity. Oftentimes, people give up. But let's take courage today. So whatever you're encountering today or people watching live stream today or watching the archives later on, be encouraged because whatever comes around our life, in fact, we can use it as to our advantage, not to our disadvantage. We can use it as a stepping stone to move forward if we choose to do so. Praise God. The psalmist in Psalm 34 verse 19 says this, Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers him out of them all, praise God. 
Because one thing that I've learned through the scripture and through my life, that God will always have the last word. God word God's word is the power and authority of God, God's word is, 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 is supersedes, transcends anything in the world. God will always have the last word. So in Job's life, God will have the last word. But sometimes you don't see the outcome because we have to go through the journey. We would sometimes want to bypass the journey to get to the outcome, but it's the journey that teaches us the, the, the blessings, the power of God and encourages us so we can be an encouragement to other people at the same time. When Lazarus, the Lord's friend, died, he was four days in the grave. He died and he was four days dead. And the Lord arrived on the fourth day. But God was on time and in time in his situation. Amen. And the grave held him. Hades held Lazarus. But at the word of Jesus, Hades had to let him go. God has the last word. Hades didn't have the last word. Death didn't have the last word. God had the last word. I wish I'm speaking to someone. Jairus' daughter was dead at 12 years old. They thought it was over. But when God steps in the equation of our lives, things change. As long as we do not give up. And we do not compromise our integrity. We press on, move forward, go from glory to glory to glory. Praise God. Amen. And the second reading we had that was wonderfully read by Melissa is this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So when we come in into dark places, that's an opportunity for God's light to burst through, to disperse the darkness of our fears, of our insecurities, of our adversities, of our ignorance. That's the opportunity in that dark place that you will see the light of God's presence. I wish I'm speaking to some, because he said, I am the light of the world. And it's at the beginning when there was darkness over the face of the deep that God says, let there be light. And, there, and the darkness was dispersed. Because the beginning of creation is nighttime and daytime. Perhaps someone is going through a nighttime of despair today. I want to encourage you that God's light is going to burst that darkness and disperse that darkness and give you light of hope. Hallelujah. And peace and joy that no one will be able to take away. As long as you hold on to him, hold on to his promises, hold on to his words, things can change. Hallelujah. Even this moment, even today as I speak to you, maybe you, whatever you're going through, because sometimes we worship, but people don't know what we go through. You might have an adversity, you might have a difficulty, you might have an ailment, you might have a situation in your life. I'm telling you, God is with us. In, in spite of that, God is still with us. Hallelujah. And then he says this in verse 7. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. You have power in you. There's power in us. Holy Spirit power in each one of us. Hallelujah. We're not limited. God is unlimited in us. Hallelujah. And we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. Hallelujah. Afflicted, still worship. Whatever's going on outside cannot change what's going on inside. It's not just what people see externally, it's what's happening internally that makes a difference in your life. You can leave here with power, you can leave here with excitement, you can leave here with joy. The decision is in your hand. You have that opportunity, that potential is always there. 
Hallelujah, praise God. Persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our bodies. Meaning that whatever doesn't crush us, what's inside of us will be manifest. And what should be manifest from inside of us? The presence of the love of God. So in the face of whatever you go through, know, trust God, that God is always with us. And he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Praise God. Psalm 150 tells us we need to praise God at all times. Hallelujah. Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in, the, in his mighty firmament. And we sang a song just when the offering, what song, what song was that? To praise him in whatever situation. Sometimes it's easier said than done. But I want to encourage church today that whatever we go through in life, we want to praise God. We want to worship God. And, you know, he's the hope of eternity with him. Praise God. God will have the last word in our lives. Amen. Praise God. In fact, I was speaking to, I sent a song to uh, Dominic last week to, to, to prepare for this morning. Where's Dominic? Is he here? Is Dom here? Where's Dominic? Yeah, come, come to the front. I want to just, uh, in reflection of what Job is saying, I just want to just, just ask them to lift this up to us for the next few moments. And just I want you to reflect what this song, what, what's the words. It's just a simple song. I really want to see you, Lord. But I pray today that we will see him in whatever situation, in, in our good times and in our bad times, that we'll continue to see him. In fact, I think, are you going to play? Amen. Praise God. So I'm going to hand over to, to Dom. Just for, I just want to just sit down. Let this song minister to you. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap of praise. I always put them on the spot. I, I sent him. It comes to me and I really want to enjoy the presence of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So we have a, we have a, a, a challenge in life that we often have to overcome, but God is with us. And we have to have that desire to really, thank you, Dom. Pastor Dom, it's good to, yeah. We really have a desire to see the Lord. And I pray today as we go through the book of Job, as we go through the, the prophets and the patriarchs, we want to identify with their experiences, but not just their bad, not just their adversities, but the, the things that lifted them up. And what lifted them up is the Lord, praise God. And I just want to read a few, a few examples of these. We see Joseph when he was betrayed, hated, and he was imprisoned, and for it all, he trusted God. And in fact, in all those situations, he had favor from God in whatever circumstance he was in. God still gave him favor. And as long as we do not lose sight of where God is in our lives, God will give us favor. Daniel, in the courts of Babylon, he was taken captive, but yet the king of Babylon was seeking his counsel to interpret his dreams. So wherever you are, people will, will look to you for direction, look to you for hope, wherever you are. There were 70 years in Babylon, but God liberated them. And when, while they were there, they made the difference. Whatever situation you are in your life, allow God to make the difference wherever you are in your lives. He's the three Jewish boys, his friends with him, Mishat, Shabbach, and Abednego. When they, want, when they tried to force them to worship the golden idol, they refrained and said, look, we trust God more than the empire that, you, that suppresses us and overtakes us. And in the fiery furnace, they knew that God will be in that situation. And through their example, through their sacrifice, through their faith and commitment, King Nebuchadnezzar 
acknowledged that there was a true living God, and that was the Son of God in the fiery furnace, fiery fiery furnace, fiery furnace with them. Praise God. And we know wherever we are, God is with us. Whatever situation, whatever circumstance, God is with you. Praise the Lord. Esther. Another eminent person in the Old Testament, praise the Lord, risked her life to save her people. But she trusted God. In the face of adversity, she trusted God. And that's a list, a number of people. Noah himself was ridiculed because God spoke to him to build an ark in the desert. But he trusted God above the negativity around him. So we need to trust God. Sometimes it doesn't make sense what God says to us, but we need to trust him in whatever situation Whatever people are saying, we've got to, we mustn't write the negativity of the world. We have to trust God. And most importantly, Elijah, one of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament, he was fearful of Ahab and, and Jezebel, his wife. But yet God spoke to him, and he became one of the most renowned prophets of the Old Testament. So what are we going to do in our generation today? Are we going to listen, and are we going to subscribe to the negativity, or are we going to trust God in whatever situation that we encounter? And I want to encourage you, whatever you're going through today, be like a Job. Be like an Elijah. Be like a Peter. Be like a John. Be like all the people that overcome every adversity and every difficulty in their lives. Praise God. Let's just stand together because I just want to feel, I want you to come into that. Look through the eyes of the Spirit. Amen. Praise God. I'd like to praise him to join me.